need to get those ass, ass-eating parrots in there to clean up the back end before they start pumping <laughs> out exactly. little kids. Well, the problem with the ass-eating parrots is they make the um, top half look just like the lower half, so it's all just hamburger helper with wool sticking out of it. <laughs> Sounds like my childhood. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. And the USA. USA. PD Weedstraw? Weedstraw, that was a Rudy Ray Moore joint. Oh, oh. shit, I don't know if I've seen that one. Never heard of the, it. the devil's son in law. <laughs> it's like fucking uh, uh, Little Nicky. Kinda. But, Kinda. But Rudy Ray Moore. Mm-hmm. Yeah? I'm Peter Beatsbrook. The devil's son in law. Rudy Ray Moore is Petey Weedstraw, starring Leroy and Skillet, Jimmy Funky Tramp Lynch, and Wild Man Steve. Uh, no, my favorite, I think one of my favorites was uh, the the Human Tornado. Oh, yeah, with the Kung that, Fu's. Yeah, that one's awesome. Is that how Kung Fu goes? Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee invented the motorboat. True. All right, yeah. Petey Wheatstraw. Wow, he was, was very... Yeah, a lot of devil shit going on on this poster, for sure. Like the Petey Wheatstraw, the, the text is all on fire. And it's like Rudy Ray Moore standing in a bunch of fire, and there's definitely a devil. And then some reclining naked woman that's also on fire. Duh, it's a Rudy Ray and, Moore poster. And then a bunch of screaming people. You can cool. watch it free on Tubi. God, that almost sounds like the... Uh, the uh, I killed Captain Alex t-shirt that I have. Kinda. There's just a uh, bunch of people screaming and fire everywhere. It's missing the naked lady and the Yeah, devil. well, and it doesn't but have the Apache helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I'll tell you what. Today I was smart and had my whole thermos of coffee ready to go, but since we started late, I've drank most of a thermos of coffee. So All right. Heartburn is real. Mm. All right. Anyway, uh, welcome back to How the West Was Fucked. Uh the West was fucked. Hey, that was a good one. Lovely. Um, I think uh, today we're doing uh, a more popular topic some of you may think you know about or do know about. or Chuck E. Cheese's. It's hard to tell because the guy was kind of a lying motherfucker. But he, you know, he's also fairly well documented. But some of what's documented is bullshit. As we've, you know, it's fucking everybody, really. But this guy is like one of the bigger king, kings of bullshittery uh, in, the, uh, in the realm uh, so Tony, uh, what do you know about James Butler Hickok? Uh, soccer style kicker. Well, no, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, only what I've only what I've heard on this show. I think he got shot in the back during a card game, right? That is true, and he and that happened where? Uh, Deadwood. Deadwood. Yes. Is it the Yay. Bulls' head, or was it somewhere else? It wasn't where the Bulls' head. No, no but that, that does the, come up though. Yeah, the oh, Bulls head isn't in Deadwood. Bulls head, I think, is in what uh, Abilene. Yeah, I think so. All right, well, I'm kind of learning stuff. Yeah, the 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 uh, he was sh- sh- shot in Nuddles uh, Saloon Number Ten, I believe, in Deadwood. Shot except right in Nuddles. Except for when you go to Deadwood, there's three different places claiming to be the actual site of the shooting because that you know all burned down in the '85 fucking fires they had in Deadwood before everything became brick. I remember, I think, uh, back when I was a kid, the real site of number saloon number 10 actually was uh, where there had been a Woolworths. Like, when I was there, there was a Woolworths, whereas there was already two places claiming to be the actual site, and it was all, like, in the basement. None of these places had a fucking basement back then, because this is, like, fairly early on into the camp. <laughs> There's no basement. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
Um, now I believe the actual site is covered by a giant parking garage that I ended up having to pay like $40 to park in for an hour because it was so fucked up and you can't get cash in. It's a long story, but like, yeah, but... But either way, if you go to Deadwood these days, there's, I think there's Hickox and there's like Aces and Eights. There's all these places that claim to be the actual spot of death, uh, which none of them are as near as I can tell. But that's more the end of the story. Uh, Was it fucking like Henry the Fourteenth or some shit? Didn't they find his remains? Like yeah, they, they just had dug to... him up when they were yeah in England. They were just dug him up a few years back when they were going to build like a car park. Yeah, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this in this case, we do know where Bill is buried. He's for sure buried up on Mount Moriah Cemetery in Deadwood. And uh, Calamity Jane's in a little plot next to him, but he has like a big old statuesque, you know, thing, and she has a little, yep, it's Jane Cannery. Uh, I think uh, I think Bill's wife didn't really care to have her buried next to him, but they buried him next to him anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, so Will... That's a good uh, practical joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Will, if you want to get us started with Comic Sans, let's, uh, let's let, her, let her fucking buck. Comic Sans away! Uh, Hickok's family goes way back. Uh, I guess they farmed Shakespeare's farm back in the day. Uh, his family was one of the first to settle America in 1635. Holy shit. Damn. They came to Connecticut. They were in uh, the Lexicon and Concord battles during the Revolutionary War. Uh, his father moved to Illinois in 1834. Uh, Wild Bill was born May 27th, 1837. His father was also a staunch abolitionist, giving talks on Sundays at church. And right. His farm was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Wow. Cool. But Wild Bill's father died in 1852, which would have made him, uh, what, about 19, 17, somewhere in there? Yeah. Wait, what? Would have made Wild Bill, not not his oh, father. Oh, oh, I thought his dad died at like 17. I was like, what <laughs> that's the fuck? Ki- that's kind of the way Will said it, but I knew, you know, that's... <laughs> Nothing I say is confusing. Uh, so his brothers decide to sell the farm and move back into town. That way, Wild Bill got some schooling in. So he could actually read and write fairly well. Holy shit. Which during the 1800s means that you spell things atrociously, but it still doesn't matter. Yeah. You can, yeah. Um, at 18, he decides to go west. Uh, the myth was that he threw his boss in the canal when he was working at the canal, I guess. But reality, the whole family decided to move to Kansas. Uh, Wild Bill and his brother Lorenzo took off for St. Louis in the first leg of the trip to buy land in Kansas, but uh, got word uh, with a letter waiting for him that their mom was sick. So Lorenzo goes back, leaving most of the money with Wild Bill, who went on a steamer up the Missouri, and for some reason at that time started going by Bill, even though his name was James Butler. Um... Guess his brother just started calling them that, even though their brother Bill had died. <laughs> I had well, I had read the thing too, like uh, basically, like when he was doing some shit, he he kind of used it as a nom de guerre for something. I can't remember where the fuck. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, because he had a he had a brother that died named yeah. William, and he started using that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But oh, gotcha. you know, among his family, he was known as James. <clears throat> yeah, and he signed everything J.B. Hickok. So. Yeah. And then people yeah. like, yeah, like, uh, well, it came a little bit longer. You know, one of, you know, we know him as Wild Bill, but some people also refer to him as Duck Bill because mm-hmm. he apparently his lips stuck out, which is probably why he grew the giant fucking mustache to <laughs> keep yeah, those in the shade. A, a big schnoz, too, kind of a. Yeah. Aquiline, however to, you. Uh, to, to be fair, he doesn't look. Means. He doesn't look. In fact, I remember as a little kid, kind of getting him confused with Custer a lot. They kind of have that same big nose and the kind of weakest chin, and the same prairie dog mustache, and you know that <laughs> shit. But they they couldn't really be too much different in a lot of ways. But yeah, is that the new kind of Merkin just? Slap a prairie dog to your face. Holy or, shit! Or, oh yeah, he it, does kind of. He does kind of have a duck bill, doesn't he? If it works for Bass Reeves and fucking uh, Seth Bullock, it works for you. So I'm getting some Howard the Duck flashbacks now. With you think I might find happiness in the animal kingdom, Ducky? Like they say, Dal, love's strange. 
we could always give it a try. He uh, is kind of doing that. What's that fucking dumbass Instagram thing that people are doing where they, they like make the duck, duck the duck lips? Yeah, he looks like he's doing that all the time. <laughs> kind of like involuntarily. Say that, his, say that to his fucking face. Get rid of him with bullets. <laughs> He does kind of look like somebody you'd meet at like Barter Fair or fucking Burning Man or something though. With that, <laughs> I'm now picturing like fucking Wild Bill doing the juggling the fucking flaming the fire? sticks. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you want to buy a leather mug? While Calamity Jane plays didgeridoo in the background and <laughs> Charlie Utter's doing a streamer dance and shit. You guys want to buy some mushrooms? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's playing the didgeridoo, but not with her mouth. So. Oh, oh hey oh. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta release the spit valve, my man. <laughs> oh, gross! <laughs> so, did you do have a spit valve? Uh, no, because they're just a pipe. I think the whole thing's a spit valve. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, Wild Bill gets into Kansas just in time for Bloody Kansas in 1856. Uh, Goody. Word is he kind of tried to stay out of the fighting, but this part's a little bit murky. He probably didn't want to admit to too much killing, you know. <laughs> While he was there. Unless you're John Brown. Yeah. Then you admit uh, to as much as you want and kind of use that as a threat. Yeah. Uh, so he kind of hinted that he might have helped the Free Staters. But one thing he didn't want to worry his family and letters back home. Um, the whole thing was kind of clandestine to start with anyway to avoid arrest or death. But he did serve as a scout for uh, Lane, uh, head of the Free Staters. And he was also on armed guard during a speech by him at some point, too. So odds are he was probably doing something with the Free Staters. Okay. If, especially I was going to say, Kansas at that, that time. Abolitionist. Basically yeah. had to pick one side or the other. So Kansas at that time, you there's no way you could avoid the fighting. Like, even if no. you were a ch child. <laughs> no, they just shoot you or burn you yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of beating children... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you and those fucking segues. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so he stops an 11-year-old from getting the shit kicked out of him. And Thank God. To, I'm glad it went that way. And this guy grows up to be Buffalo Bill Cody. Oh, yeah. Friends Whoa. with him for life. Flawless victory. Friendship. Friendship. Uh, Buffalo Bill was head, at the, head of the family at age 11 after his father's death. He was helping drive a wagon train. Uh, Wild Bill was also one of the drivers. And another driver was picking on young Buffalo Bill. And the youngin threw a pot of coffee in the bully's face. Holy shit. <laughs> Wild Bill stepped in before the uh, burned guy uh, kicked the shit out of little Buffalo Bill. So, I like the fact that just picture that. That's like saying, there's like, uh, how old was Wild Bill at this time? Uh, probably like 20 or so. Oh, twenty. He was a little bit, like, quite a bit older, huh? Yeah. I'm still picturing like, uh, you're like at a truck stop, and there's all these semis, and one of them is being driven by a fucking eleven year old who's getting <laughs> fucked with by like a forty year old who then throws a big gulp of coffee in his face. That's kind of what we're dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just I like to imagine uh, uh, Buffalo Bill like, I'm 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 imagining like uh, Mad Max. He's like the the little fucking the feral kid. Yeah, the little feral kid that's like starts following him, following uh, Wild Bill around all the time. Get in my gyrocopter. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Uh, next year, eighteen fifty eight, he was elected to his first law job, which was constable of Monticello, but Ooh. it didn't pay worth a shit. Um, and he started up a homestead, but uh, the border ruffians, the Missouri, yeah, because home, homesteading, because homesteading notoriously made you shitloads of money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it burned the cabin and the crops. Uh, yep. His brother Lorenzo showed up, uh, mostly to talk him out of not marrying a, uh, a half Indian named Mary Owen, because <laughs> he can't do that, even though they're abolitionist and somewhat wow. progressive. Also convinced him to leave and give up farming. So he and his brother Lorenzo set off for Leavenworth, Kansas. Both get jobs at the Overland Stage Company. There he meets his hero Kit Carson in 1859 in Santa Fe while going back and forth there. Uh, Kit Carson was already a legend at the time, having those uh, cheap dime novels written about him, which right. are mostly lies anyway. But uh, the same thing would happen to Wild Bill later. 
after a night of gambling and drinking, Kit Carson gave Wild Bill a Colt Dragoon pistol, which he kept Ooh. for the rest of his life. Nice. I want to get they uh, got reproductions of those. I want to pick up one of these. I almost bought one this summer, but I ended up buying that thirty thirty instead. But the Colt Dragoon is uh, kind of the the next step from the uh, the famous uh, Walker Colts, like the big old fucking horse pistols that they're like forty four caliber cap and ball black powder. Uh, you'd keep them on your saddle, and they're made to be big enough so when you're shooting at a guy on horseback, you're not shooting at the guy. You're shooting at the fucking horse. Holy uh, shit. De- developed, developed by uh, Texas Ranger. Uh, uh, shit, is it Sam Walker? I think it's Sam Walker. I think. Uh, but it was developed by one of the famous Texas Ranger captains. became popular. Walker, enough. Texas Ranger? Yeah, it was the original Walker, Walker Texas Ranger. <laughs> but uh, uh, basically, he worked with... Um, you know, the Colt facility, they, I think they, the initial run of them was only like a thousand of them or something. Um, they became popular and they started being a little bit more mass produced, saw some use in the Civil War. Uh, but they were like pretty much the dirty hairy gun of their fucking time. It was like the biggest fucking handgun you could really get. Uh, six shooter. Um, and the Walkers had some problems, though. Like uh, they don't have a top strap, so you shoot them a lot. And the frame will stretch out. And then if you got your oh, finger yeah. up along, along the side, it'll like cut your fingers off by blowing hot gas out the side i think we also, talked about this in the what, uh we fucking ta- mexican-american war yeah we talk about him quite a bit in fact yeah. that's i think that's what they were developed for was the mexican-american war yeah yeah if i remember right but like so walkers like if you find one today i think there's only like originally like ten thousand or so like made very few of them still survive they're, they're worth like a shitload of money for the originals but you can get a nice reproduction with better metallurgy where it won't stretch out and blow off your fingers uh, for like everything you want four, in modern handgun, <laughs> three or four hundred dollars. But uh, um, but yeah, the dragoon is the next step up from that. The main difference being it's a little bit shorter, and it has a thing that keeps the loading lever from dropping because the walkers you'd shoot them a lot of times, the loading lever would drop slightly, and then it wouldn't cycle, and you'd have to slap it up in the middle of a gunfight. You're having to constantly like slap this thing back into place. But it looks cool. I mean, it, yeah. when you you know oh, spin, spin the cylinder, yeah. Well, it's, it, when you got to yeah. slap it all the time, yeah, yeah. But uh, also, it's famously, uh, for anybody that's a comic book nerd, it's famously the guns that the uh, Saint of Killers uses in the Preacher comics. Oh, oh, is, the oh, walk, oh. is the Walker Colt. Uh, oh. The Colt Dragoon is famously used by Gus McCray from the novel Lonesome Dove. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Colt's Dragoon is a big old pistol, but just remember that it uh, it's not, we're not at the point yet where people are using cartridges. So like the days of like ching, 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 and I got a big bullet belt on. That wasn't fucking happening. These are still loaded with uh, black powder charges and a ball. And you could load six of them. In some cases, you'd carry out an extra cylinder if you wanted a quick reload. So you'd pop it apart, drop a new cylinder in. But this is still before, like, being able to drop bullets into the back of your revolver like you've seen on every Western where they're like, and then they go tick, tick. You know, this is before that. So. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's all I wanted to talk about. It's like one step up from a flintlock. It, 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 it's literally that's it. It's it's one of the like uh, it's it's three steps I think away removed from the Colt Patterson revolver, which was I think the first re- revolver that Sam Colt put out. Uh, if not, I mean I might be a little bit off on that, but like at least the Patterson was the first one that was kind of like mass produced. It like didn't have a trigger guard, and like the fucking trigger was this weird thing that dropped down. It was really rudimentary, and the Walker Colt was improvement on that. Like the Patterson, I think also was like. A 32 or a 38 caliber, and so Walker wanted a bigger gun, and then that turned into the Colt Dragoon, which Colt Dragoon got used a lot. Went through three different iterations, you know, first, second, and third iterations. So um, this is getting to be right before kind of the metallic cartridges, but this is the kind of gun like the old, the old uh, Army Remingtons and the um, the Army and Navy Colts that were used all throughout the Civil War and up into the beginning of the Indian Wars. So. And for the people that don't know, there's a big difference between cap and ball and, and you know, rifling, too. Yeah. Uh, there, it's like difference between throwing a basketball and throwing a football. And, well, you know, yeah. You get but, a lot more velocity out of throwing a football. Well, I, I, believe the, I believe these these have rifling in them. Cap and mm-hmm. ball just means it's um, instead of having a main t- uh, uh, self-contained cartridge, you got to take the little what we'd call a primer that's on the end of your bullet today, and it was actually just a little cap. That would sit on literally what's called a nipple, and you got to put those individually on each nipple. Um, so even some of the rifles, you got you'd have a little tool that you put that on. But it's just it's a step up from a flintlock, where you're relying on dumping um, 
black powder into a pan and then having flint contact steel, which would then hopefully make a spark and hopefully ignite the powder on the outside of the gun. That would hopefully go to the inside of the gun and hopefully shoot the round out, which is going to be kind of a no-go if it's like raining or if you fell in the river hence, or shit like that. Hence the phrase, keep your powder dry. That's exactly it. And this, you're <clears throat> still not exactly safe from that kind of shit. But it was a little better because you could take a little bit of grease and seal the nipples on, help them stick on, or seal the uh, caps on, helps them stick on the nipples, helps get, mo- get moisture from getting into the cylinder of the pistol. Which So hopefully your bullet with its wadding and stuff is sealed up on one end, the powder's in the middle, and then the back of the gun is there, and hopefully you're not going to get much moisture in that kind of scenario. But it's still a way step down from your self-contained metallic cartridges like we have today. That whole thing is fucking waterproof. I love in westerns where they're all using like a what the fuck was I just watching the other day? They got like a Henry rifle and they've got like a couple like Colt peacemakers, all of which are basically metallic cartridge. And the guy throws them in the horse trough like that's gonna do something. It's like you could pull them right out of the horse trough and they'll still shoot, you know. Yeah. Whereas with like something like this, you probably couldn't. But it's just that's a, always a trope in westerns. They'll like throw your gun in the water. Well, if it's a peacemaker, it's still gonna shoot. Like, yeah. It's but. it's still going to make peace. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> By but. killing people. Yep. <laughs> hey, better to be what? Uh, was it judged by six and carried by 12? Or judged by 12 and carried by six or whatever the fuck? Or, no, oh, that's yeah. not it. It's like um, God created man, Sam Colt made him equal. <laughs> Are you familiar with the army revolver, Mr. Quigley? Well, sir, I never had much use for one. It's a recent invention of your countryman, Colonel Colt. God created all men, they say. Sam Colt made him equal. Is that a fucking bumper sticker? Yeah, it's totally a bumper sticker, but <laughs> it's it was kind of a common phrase about the Colt peacemaker. Okay. So. Or, I know you are, but what am I? Uh, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, anyway, about this time, uh, Wild Bill gets in a knife fight with Grizzly Bear... At the, oh yeah, at the I Cody have, residence. I am very. Uh, I am. I am imagining a bear with like a a, a jean jacket, vest, and a fucking knife in its paw, like just like come at me, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a cinnamon bear was blocking the road with their. Oh, two see, that's cubs. not a grizzly bear. That's that's a color phase of black bear. Yeah. Not as so, cool. No. Still. Uh, so he wanted her out of the way, so he just runs up and tries to shoot her in the head but the bullet just bounces off and shoots her in the paw oh <laughs> probably covering her face i don't know god damn it <laughs> uh so the bear grabbed his arm and put it in her mouth so he's getting his arm chewed on uh bill takes his bowie knife and slashes her throat so that's the end of the bear i guess but while recovering from his wounds he's placed on light duty at the uh, overland <laughs> light duty <laughs> yeah, you still gotta. <laughs> we'll help you saddle your horse, but you still gotta ride forty miles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so at least was... we got at least we got the prerequisite bear mauling happened early this time. Yeah, get yeah. out the way. You know it's coming. You know how the West was fucked. We'll be right back. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come one, come all, to witness Ringgold's flying artilleries. Watch them go up, watch them come down, watch a man's body turn into a paste. Stick around after the show to play Dodge the Cannonball, and everybody's favorite event, the Mule Cannon Mudball. See these jackasses pull a cannon a quarter mile through the muck and the mire. Betting begins at 7 o'clock. Kids and elderly not allowed after 8 p.m. 10 cents for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah. <laughs> 
say Leatherface's house of pancakes and fish and chips on the outside. But there's so much more on the inside. Would you please pass the vinegar syrup? Here at Leatherface's house of pancakes and fish and chips, the fries, they may be soggy, but the slaw, the slaw is family. Johnson Swagger Company. Well, this puts him at Rock Creek Station in Nebraska, where later he has a run-in with the owner of the property named McCandless. And he was one of the guys who called Wild Bill Duck Bill because of his big nose. And probably McCandless was a Southern uh, supporter, too. Oh, uh, McCandless was also owed money by the company that Wild Bill was working for. And uh, they might have been fighting over the same woman, too. These wow. are all theories, though. Fucking drama. Uh, mm-hmm. So McCandless goes to the station to talk to the manager named Wellman. Uh, Wellman goes and hides from McCandless. <laughs> <laughs> We're sorry. We can't take your call right now. I'm hiding underneath the desk. So McCandless shows up with a shotgun and two armed friends, so maybe that's why he hid from him. Uh, the wife stepped out, cursing McCandless. Then Wild Bill comes out. Uh, McCandless demands to see Wellman. Wild Bill stepped back in, but McCandless followed him inside the house. He's like, dude, who invited you? <laughs> then McCandless continues with his verbal assault to Wellman. Uh, when McCandless gestured with his shotgun... It's like, hey, and then Wild Bill raised his colt and fired and hitting McCandless in the heart. I like uh, McCandless I died like, right in front of his teenage son. I like gesture, gestured with his shotgun. What the fuck does that look like other than pointing the shotgun at you? you <laughs> well, know? he might have just been, you know, like, quote, unquote, <laughs> like, with a gun. Like trying, fucking, to, trying to land an airplane? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. He gestured with his shotgun, and the McCandless stole third base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So here in the gunshots, as the two friends rush in, and Wild Bill shoots both of them. Uh, the wife finishes off one of them with a garden hoe. What? <laughs> Fucking tight. I missed that part. Yep. <laughs> the other guy hides in the brush, but they find him and finish him off with McCandless's shotgun. No, you don't want to waste your own ammo. What the fuck? I, well, I missed that part. I, I, I saw more uh, hay being made about McCandless's death. I didn't know what happened to his two little buddies, but I missed. Uh, holy shit, look out for that housewife. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, I use my hoe to behead rattlesnakes and dispatch bandits. <laughs> uh, three days later, Wild Bill Wellman and one other were arrested for murder. The only other witness, though, was McCandless's son, who was deemed too young to testify. So the whole group was found not guilty. Yay. Holy shit. Wait, <laughs> how old was, was the son? Like 17? No, uh, he's like... just a teenage, so oh, okay. I'm sure it was like 12 or... So that's the thing is you can, be al- teenage. you can be 11 and drive a, drive a fucking wagon, but you <laughs> could be 13 and not testify, so... Yep. But uh, Wild Bill didn't want to wait around there, so he returns to Leavenworth, and there he enrolls in the Union Army as a scout. Uh, His first assignment was under General Nathaniel Lyon to go after those darn Missourians under General Sterling Old Pap Price, who was once the governor of Missouri. I think we talked a little bit about him before. Maybe. Uh... Also included in that uh, group of people are William Quantrill. So oh, hey! Uh, yep. Uh, they go ahead and kill General Lyon, the Union guy, at the Battle of Wilson's Creek. But after Wilson's Creek, it was kind of downhill for Price, who lost at Pea Ridge in 1862. He tries to lead a raid to slow down Sherman's march to the sea. That didn't work. After the war, he goes to Mexico to start a revolution there. <laughs> Or, or tries to you know, restart the uh, Confederacy. Confederacy down there. Well, Wait, like, fails where, and goes back to St. Louis and dies. Where does he so go to try to restart from? the Confederacy? The, Mexico. Like, 
south oh. of the border. I can't. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, and the big thing is Mexico didn't really dig that because Mexico didn't have slaves. Didn't yeah, that's what we talked about. Slaves. Yeah, yeah. Um, like forty years before. But that. where the fuck did they end up? Like they did actually because they got the Confederados somewhere down in South America that can trace some of their bloodline back to these escaped Confederates. Yeah, I think that's either Brazil or Argentina. One or the other. It feels to me like an Argentine Because all thing, Nazis but... go there. Eventually. I was going to say, yeah, what's yeah. with all the fucking piece of shit motherfuckers moving to South America? Because it, should... it was hard to get to back in those Argentinas not to be fucked with. Damn, like... dude. Even, uh, uh, God damn it, the fucking, is it Jim Jones? Yeah, Jonestown. No, yeah, mm-hmm. but that was like Belize or like where the fuck yeah, was that? Yeah, it's like Northern South America. Yeah. Northern South America. <laughs> what are those countries that I can't pronounce? Or remember. So there's several versions in how Wild Bill got his name. Uh, one night he was out with his more mild-mannered bro, Lorenzo. They named him Tame Bill, and whiskey-drinking Bill they called Wild Bill. But the tale most supported was one night in Independence. Uh, they walk into a bar where the bartender was getting his ass kicked. Uh, someone told him that the bartender was a southern sympathizer, but at least Wild Bill, you know, he sh- didn't share the views of the South, but he didn't like an unfair fight either. So he drew his pistols and broke up the fight and got everybody to walk away. And later that night, a vigilance committee was setting up, and Wild Bill walked by, and a woman said, Good for you, Wild Bill, recognizing Bill from the bar fight. So, All right. We can you, go with that one. You fucking wild, man. You guys are crazy, man. Y'all are all woohoo and shit. Who is who is the vigilance committee going to to vigilance I don't know. They didn't say. Probably could probably the guy that star- the guy that, gonna, that started the fight with the fucking they, bartender. Yeah, more likely they're gonna draw a name out of a fucking hat just <laughs> just for fun. Yeah. 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 What do you do for fun around here? Oh, we vigilance committee a little bit. Well, we fill out all the crossword puzzles in the newspaper, so I think we're going to go kill somebody. I don't know. I think we're going to draw straws, call them a Confederate sympathizer, and set them on fire while hanging up from a windmill. Does that yeah. sound like fun to you? You want to come along? I want to shoot him with a cannon. Oh, unfortunately, our cannon's in the shops. So you're going to have to wait. We'll, we'll do this. We do this about quarterly. So maybe if you hang out for our Halloween extravaganza, the cannon will be out of the shop. We'll be able to make that happen for you. Okay. As long as I get to light something on fire. Uh, Later in March 1862, uh, Bill was back as a scout for General Samuel Curtis. Uh, General Price, the uh, Missouri governor, was being pushed out of Missouri into Arkansas. Uh, He was involved in the Battle of Pea Ridge. Uh, The Union won that one as... Wild Bill was a sharpshooter during that battle, picking off people. Uh, that was the last time Missouri was threatened by old Johnny Reb there. Uh, Wild Bill might have served under Thomas Union or Ewing and the Red Lake Pro-Staters when he was back in Kansas. But later he becomes a spy for the Union from about 62 to 64. He actually he goes oh, ahead like, and serves five eight, months with like Price's Army. Like 1862, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I thought he was 62. No, no. Okay. It's like we jumped some fucking time here. No. <laughs> nope, it doesn't quite make it that far. Sorry to say. Not not remotely. <laughs> uh, I like, yeah, during the spy times, doesn't he run run back into, uh, he's like disguised and he runs back into Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Who like was re- about to shoot him, him, but is like, oh, hey, how's it going? Uh, well, Don't like, tell him it's me. <laughs> or he'd do shit like actually like put on a dead Confederate's uniform and like go just go traipsing around. Like spying. Well, he yeah. knew a soldier that died for the Confederacy and pretended to be his brother. Oh, okay. So it's like, at least he had it in that way. Yeah. And there's quite a few stories about Weld Bill narrowly escaping Confederate lines going back to the Union Army. And like you said, one was witnessed by Buffalo Bill. Um, Do you think when they hung out, they just called each other like uh, Buffalo and Wild? Just drop the bill? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I guess so. Well, at, at this Holy point... Holy shit! And then they at, started Buffalo Wild Wings after that? Mm-hmm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Had to. God. Wow, I just lost a lot of respect from the, for them, if that's the case. <laughs> okay. No, also, you gotta remember, at this point, there's no fucking way Buffalo Bill's called Buffalo Bill yet. 
Mm-hmm. He hadn't been Buffalo in any Buffaloes yet. Yeah. So he's just like fucking William Cody. Never Maybe trust just... a man with two first names. Mm-hmm. You well, know, the only reason Cody's a first name these days is generally because of Buffalo Bill. Really? I don't think it was really a first name before that, no. Mm. <laughs> well, it is now. I don't trust him. Now, only sound guys and horses are named Cody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Commander Cody. Everybody dancing, trucking, trucking. Everybody swinging, fucking, fucking, trucking, trucking, fucking, fucking. Everybody's doing it now. You can see him dancing, trucking, trucking. You can see him swinging and fucking, fucking, trucking, trucking, fucking, fucking. Everybody's doing it now. Build down in Berkeley on the street. You can't hear those dancing feet. See the people everywhere they go. Everybody's dancing and trucking, trucking. Everybody's swinging and fucking, fucking, trucking, trucking, fucking. Everybody's doing it. So while he was with the uh, Confederacy, uh, yeah, that's how it's pronounced. Yep, uh, a corporal recognized him, so they uh, arrest and court-martial him, Wild Bill, and they sentence him to die at dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. I was waiting for that. Uh, a storm happened that night, and during the lightning flashes, he that lit up the room so Bill could find an old knife there, and he used once it to again. cut through his ties and open the door. <laughs> Every time somebody's in prison, there's an entire goddamn fucking you know uh, used hardware store deposited around whatever fucking building you're locked up in. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like used a knife to whittle himself a fucking ladder and then, you know, borrowed some gun parts from an Indian that was in there that had been wearing them as jewelry and then <laughs> somebody else set it on fire with the lantern. God damn it. I uh, I love hearing Will say like he was put in jail for blah 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 because I know for a fact like Bo's face is about to fucking blow up. Yeah, because then he Oh, what do you use for jail? Oh, it's just the place where we store all the guns and dynamite. Put him in there. <laughs> The fuck. So Wild Bill cuts through the uh, uh, the uh, his handcuffs, I guess, or whatever. With a knife? <laughs> they just tie him up with fucking S and M straps. I, I guarantee. Probably, I guarantee somebody rope. took like one of those stretchy things, like, like a, a hair scrunchie, and they just probably had his hands in front of him and put a hair <laughs> scrunchie around his wrist at that fucking point. Then, of course, he uh, says to the guard, hey, come in here and get out of the rain. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> then slits his throat, of course. Uh, I'm, all right, dear listener, I am laughing because uh, there's a cattail just swapping around back there in the background of uh, Will's camera, and then yep. all of a sudden a giant cat just stepped on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Great, great Jim just dun, came dun. out of left field. Dun, dun. I tried not to break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Wild Bill uh, changes clothes with him, goes outside, pretends he's the guard. Oh, wait and- the fucking wait a fucking minute. Okay, he slits this guy's throat, and you're telling me, oh, yeah, I'm just going to throw this bloody-ass fucking shirt, because, you know. <laughs> well, it's covered in blood. Out. Yeah, but there's a degree of fucking... I mean, there's a very large degree of blood that happens when a throat gets cut. I think what he did was he pointed the, the knife at the guy, and he's like clothes now and the guy's like no and then wild bill's like look at me look at me i'm the god now yeah, yeah. and then he made him take his clothes off then he slit his throat oh yeah. I, was, um, I need your clothes your boots and your horse uh- <laughs> <laughs> laundry day right yes laundry day so he remains out there pretending to be the guard until all the other guys fall asleep <laughs> i guess oh. they were a ways away anyway uh, 64, he quits the spine game and goes back to being a military policeman, uh, transporting prisoners and chasing deserters, which he'll be doing for quite a while, chasing deserters from the Army as Marshal, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the war, he goes back to independence, uh, back to work with his brother Lorenzo. But that life got too boring for Bill. Went to Springfield looking for liquor and card games, liquor and horrors. You bet. Uh, there he becomes friends with a guy named Davis Tut. Disco Tut. 
uh, fellow gambler. Uh, it's also rumored Mild Bill might have knocked up his sister. <laughs> Not oh, his shit. own sister. The other guy's sister, right? Yep. Okay. So, chick named uh, Susanna Moore was waiting for Wild Bill when he got back, but Bill didn't want to settle down. Uh, she was kind of spurned, so she took up with Davis Tut, who maybe was getting revenge for possibly uh, knocking up his sister there. Either way, Wild Bill, Bill didn't really care, but Davis Tut was looking for trouble. Uh, they were playing cards one day, and Wild Bill had won the pot, taking a bunch of Davis's money along with the others. Then Tut reminded him that he owed him money from a horse deal. Uh, Bill immediately tried to pay, but that wasn't enough to make Tut happy. Said he owed him more, and uh, like an additional ten bucks. <laughs> and then argument ensued. Uh, Tut snatched Bill's pocket watch off the table. Oh, uh, not cool. No, nope. that, you fucked up, dude. Bill let him take it, though, because uh, Davis's friends were around with guns. Uh, Wild Bill was told that Tut planned to parade around the watch and with uh, with the watch in public. It's like, Ooh, look at my new watch. Yeah. So word kind of spread that a fight was coming. Uh, next day, Wild Bill gave uh, Tut one last chance, telling him he'd pay him $25 for the watch. Davis wanted $45. Uh, no one agrees to this, but they go and have a drink together. So I guess they... <laughs> Alcoholism, you know, trumps all, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Later in the day around 6, they meet in the town square. Uh, all the people take cover, <laughs> like in the good old western. Oh, yeah. Bill gave him one last warning. Don't you walk across here with that watch. And, of course, he walks in front of them, and they draw on each other. Tut gets one in the, uh, the heart. He said, boys, I've been killed. He was shot right through the ribs and fell dead. And then word begins to spread about Wild Bill being the fastest draw in the West. Yeah, even though at this point there wasn't a lot of fast. In fact, there never was a lot of fast draws going on. Mm. That whole fucking high noon fucking horse shit where they like squint at each other like assholes and spit a couple times. There wasn't a lot of that. It was more like like what was more likely to happen in this kind of scenario. Except for it seems like Bill was giving this guy every chance in the world. Is like when they're still at the card table. Somebody would have like awkwardly try to draw a pistol and start blasting away at him from across the table. So you awkwardly draw your pistol and you're kind of blasting at each other from like two feet away and grazing each other in the ear and shooting each other in the wrist. And you and spill just the nachos. Kind of just knocking holes in each other until you run out of ammo. And then, then, then maybe everybody's like, okay, that was fair enough. We, we're good now. Yeah. And then, and then maybe you die of your wounds or sepsis like a week later or maybe you get better. That's how most gunfights kind of went. Yeah, that that quick draw fucking Hollywood shit. I think it started with uh, Back to the Future Three, right? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it was in the future and in the yeah. past, it's already happened. Yeah, exactly. Twice. Yep. Yep. But I'm just saying that fastest gun in the West shit. A lot of guys that were successful gunfighters. First of all, most gunfighters, like professional gunfighters, uh, didn't have that big of a body count really behind them. And most of the ones they had were not some kind of quick draw shit. They, there could be like a standoff duel. And in fact, back in the early days, they would still duel like like almost European style, like take paces, turn, and fire kind of shit. Mm -hmm. um, but um, a lot of them were more like people freaking out, trying to quick draw and just winging shots off. And then you standing there just kind of taking careful aim, standing sideways to make a smaller target and pulling the trigger real slow. And making sure you're hitting what you're aiming at, you were generally more likely to win, even if you got slower on the draw and were like not first to fire. You're statistically better off actually taking your time and just hitting what you're aiming at rather than mm -hmm. fucking yanking and firing. So that's most of the guys that kind of survived a lot of that shit. It, it was due to that, and I mean, you might get grazed a couple times and stuff like that, but it was all about remaining calm, careful aim, and just murking people, you know, rather than. Fucking young guns too, and a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. um, and if guns know, weren't available, they would tie your uh, your left hands together and then give you each a knife. What? And you have to go at it. They got to be naked in a in a grave too. Always Tony, naked knife fight. Tony, there's actually some documentation of shit where I can't remember what they called it, but where you like you don't tie them necessarily, but you they both grab onto a bandana and uh -huh. then commence to shooting at each other. Ugh. Mm. So that that was a thing. 
can't remember what the fuck they call it, but like, yeah. And, and it would be like in a crowded ass saloon room, which, you know, like some of those saloons are like a little cabin. Yeah. And you'd have these two guys getting pissed at each other and they agree to do the bandana thing. So they're just like, they're holding the shit at arm's length and just winging shots and everybody's standing around like, oh fuck, you know, getting also shot and, you know, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, there's a lot of nutty shit. Uh, the other thing that they don't show in the movies is that he gets arrested for manslaughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's found not guilty. Uh, witnesses told of Bill trying to avoid the fight, and he did let Tut draw first. Uh, didn't really want to stick around, but he didn't want to seem like a pussy in, uh, either, so he kind of hangs around Springfield for a little while. But he stuck around to be interviewed for Harper's Weekly, and when it finally did come out uh, a while later, he was kind of a national sensation after that, and then everybody Ooh. knew the fuck he was, which was, didn't turn out to be such a good thing. <laughs> Damn uh, shit. They didn't revere yeah. him like he was Charlie Bronson or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> we just watched The Mechanic last night. Yeah, that was fucking... <laughs> oh, you watched it again? Yeah, because we had to... Yeah. Basically, it turned out we watched the whole movie uh, in between all the, uh, the action in the game. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Will and his lady friend came up uh, to the Vic uh, last Seahawks game, and we had mostly Seahawks on all the things, but, you know, Matty always gives a variety of stuff, so they had the mechanic going on on another screen, which is a Charlie Bronson and, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, John Michael Vincent. Oh, Jan Jan Michael Vincent? Yeah. Yeah. Actor Jan Michael Vincent had it all. Looks, fame, money, and incredible talent. But years of drugs, alcohol, and trouble with the law saw his acting career dry up and put his life at risk. But yeah. it's it's nutty to watch with no sound on. Like, there's my favorite part was where like Charlie Bronson's like looking through binoculars, but eating an ice cream cone with no hands, like a fucking animal. <laughs> he just got like this whole ass ice cream cone, like like chewing on it like a fucking llama, while he's like <laughs> like looking through binos. <laughs> that was yeah, awesome. You don't know if they're trying to kill each other or if they're in love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? Well, it's really hard to tell. But they yeah. usually murder murder a couple people. Then they go either have a pipe or a cigar and like some or some like brandy or some like scotch. It, there seemed to be a pattern of their date nights. You know, it's like <laughs> dre- dress up in frogman gear, go attack a yacht, and then go back and have some scotch and cigars. <laughs> and it's swigging bachelor pad. Yep. Uh, so after that, uh, Wild Bill goes to Fort Riley and becomes the marshal there. Don't go anywhere. How the West was fucked will be right back. The action men from Bonanza. The Cartwrights, the greatest Western toys ever. Little Joe, fastest left-handed draw in the West. Ben, the toughest pioneer who ever rode the plains. And Hoss, always ready for a good fight. You can even get the outlaw, the meanest desperado you ever saw. Watch out! He's getting away! Hit him, Hoss! Pow! You got him! And you can get the trailblazing four-in-one Bonanza wagon. Each Cartwright comes complete with over a dozen accessories. Each horse has action ooze. You can buy Little Joe's Pinto, Hoss's Stallion, and Ben's Big Buckskin. The action men from Bonanza will put you right in the Wild West. By American character. The hottest brand around. His brother Lorenzo had moved there too, still hauling freight. Uh, Wild Bill grows tired uh, again of chasing down deserters. Uh, In May, General Sherman comes to town on tour. Yay! He needs a guide, so Hickok was suggested. Uh, He got as far as... Supposedly suggested by Buffalo Bill. Supposedly. Supposedly. Goes with him to uh, Fort Kearney, Nebraska. They part ways there, and then he guides with General Pope after that to Santa Fe. And September, he comes back to Fort Riley, where the 7th Cavalry was being put together. Yay! Yay. And then he makes friends with the Custers. Yay! Boo. Uh, Wild Bill carried oh, two oh, you aren't, Navy Colts. You aren't, aren't going to do the uh, Custer quote about what he thought about Wild Bill? Oh, yeah. What was it? I forgot. He's one of the most perfect types of physical manhood that I ever saw. 
Mm-hmm. And you remember how I thought? Wait, that, that's like, what Custer said. That's about what Custer Wild said Bill? about Wild Bill. And like I said, when I was a kid, I thought they looked a lot the same. So what does Custer maybe say? Oh saying? yeah, okay. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the most similar pictures I can find of those two and put them next to each other. Uh, Libby Custer kind of really liked, you know, Wild Bill and would portray him as such too. As oh, this guy's pretty good looking, but. Mm. Never was confirmed if they actually did fuck or, or something no, like that. But no. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, yep. Wild Bill carried two Navy Colt 36s when they were introduced. And then uh, later he carried uh, single action Colt 45s, 41 caliber Derringers in his side pockets and a Bowie knife. The 36s were still kind of the cap and ball setup usually at that point. They're just smaller. The Navy uses smaller rounds. And actually, a lot of guys, you would think they'd want to use the bigger 44s. But the thing with the 36, yeah, it doesn't leave as big of a hole. It also doesn't fucking wear back and kick as hard as the 44. So you're more likely to get an accurate shot. So a lot of these gunfighter types would actually carry the lighter, easier to carry or easier to draw and easier to shoot little 36s than the 44s. And then those 45s, uh, those are... When it came into the med, med, those are the metallic cartridge, quickly reloadable type. Damn, these two motherfuckers look like they're they're like brothers that are like like ten months apart. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I always Jesus. got them confused as a child. Damn. All right, I'm gonna side by side that shit. And put it on Instagram. There you go. <laughs> uh, when he was a lawman, he always carried a shotgun or a rifle, one or the oh, other. That's easier. Yep. Shotgun uh, in town, rifle out 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 of town, probably. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't scouting or being a lawman, he would just put on shooting exhibitions for people. Uh, when the Harper's article finally came out and made Wild Bill into a legend like his hero Kit Carson there, yeah. eventually he repeated the stories, whether they were true or not, around the saloons and campfires. Uh, but from then on, after he got famous, he always would walk down the middle of the street and never sat with his back to the door. kind of knew that he was a marked man after that. Uh, three months later, Henry Stanley of the uh, Dr. Livingston, I presume, fame. Yep. Dr. Livingston. I presume. Uh, he came to Fort Riley looking for Wild Bill. Uh, Wild Bill was probably fucking with him when Stanley Did he say asked Wild him Bill? To... Did he say Wild Bill Hickok, I presume? Was that yep. like his standard, like, hold <laughs> <laughs> Uh... When uh, Stanley asked him how many white men he killed, Hickok answered, over a hundred. <laughs> Which is bullshit. But I never <laughs> killed a man without good cause. Yeah. It's sure. estimated uh, throughout his entire career, Bill probably killed about eight to ten people. So, mm-hmm. at least not in the war. I mean, who knows in the war, but like, we're talking about the, the gunfighting career and the yep. lawman career. Uh, even with all this attention, Wild Bill still didn't have a big ego like Custer. He was kind of courteous and chivalrous, liked to play with kids. Uh, he never sought out confrontations to prove his reputation. Uh, just imagine him play with a kid, just like, Did I ever tell you about the time I slit that guy's throat, took his clothes? (laughs) Then stood outside of the guardhouse while his body slowly congealed and cooled on the floor? Till I left his friends to find him after breakfast. You're scaring us, Mr. Bill. Please call me wild. Uh, but he wouldn't dress low-key, that's for sure. He was a dandy. Fucking Liberace. Even, yep, wore a cape. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say, his, he his, his hat is fucking fabulous. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mm-hmm. huge and just, oh, it's, yeah, I'm going to post a picture. He does have giant lapels. He's got like a 1970s disco era, like, suit jacket on or maybe the 1970 disco era guys have a wild bill style there you go jacket on there you go mm-hmm. but yeah he's got gorgeous luscious locks uh, and well i believe that hat that he's wearing is what's known as the boss of the plains which is kind of the first um stetson's kind of first foray into what became eventually the cowboy hat yeah no- notice that it has a flat top at this time they hadn't uh-huh. developed the ones with the crease and shit yet but it was also, they had a wider brim. It's kind of taken from, you know, like the Mexican sombrero. Like, holy shit, it actually keeps the sun off your face. What a concept. Fucking, fucking shocking, yeah. But, yeah. So this time he's doing a lot more gambling, but he's still scouting for the army in Kansas there. 
That's a great gig if you can get it, man. Yep. When he wasn't guiding, he was in Kansas City doing some gambling, and he goes to a baseball game in Kansas City. This is one of the first organized baseball games ever. It's pre pre Royals though, right? Uh, yep. It's the Kansas City Antelopes versus the Atchison Pomeroys. What the fuck is a Pomeroy? I don't know, but it sounds. <laughs> do we still have antelope fancy. here in the United States? We do. Okay, they're all, they're all over. They're all over, uh, especially numerous in Wyoming, but you know the Dakotas and Montana, down into Texas, Kansas. That whole the Oregon. whole the great place. They don't do super great in trees. In fact, they usually won't even go into trees, and they completely suck balls. They're the fast, the second fastest land animal is the pronghorn antelope, right behind the cheetah. But one thing they can't do, which surprises people because they look like a lot of deer, is they don't jump worth a shit. So uh, after the barbed wire fences went up, it kind of really cut down their numbers. If you'll see them, I, I think I think we saw some when we were in North Dakota, or maybe I saw them like after you guys left. But it's always shocking to see something that can run like 80 miles in a fucking hour, and it comes up to a fence, and they just either turn and run alongside of it, or they squat down awkwardly and crawl underneath it. Um, yeah. So yeah, their their range has been cut down significantly, but there's still plenty of them out there, and they taste delicious. Mm-hmm. They're like really lean pork. All right, uh, Will. What was the other team called? The the Pompadour Pom- Pomeroys. How do you spell that? P o m e r o y s. Could have been just somebody's last it, name. I too. think it is because Pom- Pomeroy yeah. is like a some web cloud web based cloud fucking computing bullshit. There's a Pomeroy Washington. Yeah, I just saw that too. Mm-hmm. Really? Interesting. Well, Where yeah, the fuck uh, is that? Uh, Will and I went Somewhere to high school with some, oh, it's down by Walla Walla. Some, some girls named last name Pomeroy, which I think the one's out here nowadays somewhere. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what the fuck is a Pomeroy? I don't care. Well, he Let's was go. asked to umpire a game. <laughs> uh, the reason he was asked because the games would often erupt in violence. Uh, (laughs) which it did when a rematch was called after Atchison won the first game. Uh, A riot ensued, and the second game was canceled. It really Uh, is America's pastime. Mm -hmm. The next day, the city fathers fathers let Wild Bill keep his six shooters in town when he was umpiring. (laughs) Usually, you know, it was outlawed within the city. Right. Uh, this time the game was played. It was a forty-eight to twenty-eight victory for the Antelopes. Forty-eight so to no twenty-eight. Riding. Yep. Was like each run worth like six points or something? No, the game no. was pitched underhand, making it easier to hit. Back yeah. Wow. Then. Like yep. softball, like softball kind of today, or like at least slow pitch softball, I guess. But uh, I was gonna say some some of that fucking softball, I would not want to get near that ball, dude. Also, it just sounds like the Pomeroys fucking suck. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, spring 1867, Wild Bill serves as scout for General Winfield Great Scott Hancock. Uh, this was in Smoky Hill Country, Nebraska, chasing Sue and Cheyenne around, and they didn't find any. Uh, soon grew tired of chasing around ghosts. Uh, Hancock just declares victory and goes home. <laughs> victory! We didn't find any Indians, but it means we must have got them all. Yep. Mission, what was the- mission accomplished. What was the quote? Uh, they the Apache couldn't find us or whatever. Oh yeah, they I failed. They failed to find us. We're going home. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. was that crook? Say yeah. that some shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wild Bill afterwards was attached to Custer Seventh. Still didn't find any Indians though. Uh, well, Wild- and suppo- uh, supposedly, uh, according to fucking uh, Jane Cannery, this is about when she supposedly must have met him. Because she also claimed a scout for Custer. Yeah, this is, uh, I think that was right. I don't think they met each other until they went to. Well, uh, like I said, I think. At least she claimed. I think she says about a hundred different things, but I think historians have figured out that they didn't meet until probably, what, right before Deadwood or in Deadwood? When they left uh, Cheyenne together, I guess. Oh, yeah. Uh, looks like this one, of course, is going to go kind of long. Wild Bill is a big-ass topic. So uh, we will end it here for now, and we'll get back at you guys next week. But for now, let's go out in a hail of gunfire. Let's. Mm.
Miles City. <laughs> and also Nelson Miles. 